Hi, O'Neill here. So do you believe you can change your dog's behavior in 24 hours? Seriously, it's true and you can. There's a lot of people thinking that they have aggressive dogs and sometimes what it is is a, a dominant dog that has aggressive tendencies. And I want to talk about that today, but I want to do begin by saying if you are not confident and or you have concern for your safety, get an experienced trainer to come into your home and assess the situation and best next steps. Some people have dogs that they have no business having and the dog is too much for them. And really, it's not a good fit and it never will be. And other times, the situation has just gotten out of hand and you can't just turn it around. You need a professional. So anytime, my recommendation is always preventative and when you, or at the very beginning of when you start noticing something, don't let it get out of hand because it's like just about anything else in life. It's like my car. I hear anything, anything's new. I'm at my mechanic because it's cheaper and it's faster at the beginning than waiting until it's not drivable. And then it's really expensive. It's the same thing with a dog. If you nip it in the bud, like Barney Five says, it's a lot easier as opposed to a full-blown. And now you have months of corrective help and it's typically pretty expensive to get a good trainer that's going to help you do it. And you're going to have to change a lot of your ways. In the beginning, it's like little subtle things. Later, they, it just tends to be bigger. So that said, let's get back to change your dog's behavior in 24 hours. It, it's, you know, they call it dog training, but the majority of the time, honestly, it's people training. So it's your change in behavior can result in immediate positive changes in your dog and his behavior. And that is true. I go into people's homes and, and I set them up on programs and I'm just like, do this for 24 hours and we'll talk. And if you are not seeing changes very clearly, then that means you're not doing your part. And they're astounded. People are astounded at how fast and how easy it is to bring your dog around by bringing you around. It's, it's a lot about communication. And what's really great about this is you are not mean to your dog. That doesn't work short term or long term. I mean, you just don't have any trust. You don't have... Um, any kind of good teamwork. So that doesn't work. So my motto is aggression and aggression never equals peace or harmony and goodwill between you and others. So if you have a dog that's starting to bow up, this solution is never to challenge and bow up. You might be able to do that a little bit, but you're, you're dealing with a loaded gun. So Instead, here's what you're going to do. Let's talk about this is what you're going to do. And it's, it's what you do with kids. So what you're going to do is you're going to set boundaries. 
use clear communication, be consistent, and stay calm. And these actions will get your dog's attention immediately and result in fast change. You'll see it. It's just it's hysterical, and it's also sweet and wonderful. So let's look at some common behaviors, concerns, and how you can get immediate relief from them. So if you've got a dog that's possessive over toys or food, you change the stance on everything. Probably it's, you've got a running buffet for food. They just come and get it whenever they want to, and there's toys all over. So that you take up the running buffet, you take up every single toy, and put it out of, their, out of your dog's reach. So the food's out of the reach, the toys are out of the reach, and the reason you do that, because those are all yours. That's your food, those are your toys, all of it. And everything good comes from you for a price. Okay? So let's say you've got a fireplace with a mantle and you put some of the favorite toys up there on the mantle and the dog can't get to them. So the dog is going to let you know that my toys are up there. I want my toys. They're going to try jumping up there, you know, climbing up the wall, you know, looking over their shoulder at you, barking, um, sitting there staring at it, position themselves. So they're, they're over there staying by their toy because they really want it. They might lay there for hours, and but they don't get them until you come in and go, oh, Rosie, do you want to play with a toy? And they're like, oh my gosh, yes, 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 sure. So you, you reach up, you get a toy, and then you turn to Rosie and you say, sit. Rosie, sit. And if Rosie sits, Rosie gets the toy. If Rosie refuses to sit, you put the toy back up on the mantle and you walk out of the room. Do you see how you really have Rosie's attention? Because that's her favorite toy. And so that's the whole premise is that everything is yours. And so you are typically an adult dog. You feed them two times a day. So you go in, there's a clean bowl and you put let's say your dog is eating a cup of dog food two times a day once you get off the running buffet and you have to look at the back of the bag to figure out what to feed but um which is just an estimate mind you and instead of saying okay my dog gets a cup of food you're not going to put a cup in that bowl you're going to put a quarter cup in the bowl and then set the bowl down and your dog is sitting and you're sit good here's your bowl set it down Good sit. Okay. Dog comes over and eats it. And they're, and they're like, and they're looking around like, well, that's not everything. And then you take the next quarter cup and you go down and you put it in the bowl. So what you're doing is your dog's not possessive because you're bringing good things into the bowl. It would be different if you drop the one cup of dog food in the bowl and then reach down and try to take the bowl away and say, no, you've already eaten a, a quarter of a cup. You have to wait a second. Now that's just not good. Don't do that. Because if you've got a dog that's possessive, that's a good way to get bit. So instead, you just put a little bit in, the rest is up on the counter, you're in charge. And you can also have the dog back up and sit before you put the next quarter cup in. If the dog's not going to like rush you and everything, I mean, you just kind of play it by ear. 
but you're just calmly. You're calmly, you're positive. Hi, this is how we're doing it now. I'm telling you, you're going to have your dog's respect. They're going to go like, whoa, you've got those opposable thumbs. You, you're the one that's giving me good stuff. So they do it for a price. You give it to them for a price. And when you play with the toys, you give them the toy, then you get the toy back and you put it up. So let's say, oh, we want to pay, play fetch. You don't play fetch and throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball until your dog walks away bored. Then right there, your dog's the leader again. So you're going to stop while your dog still wants to play. And you go, that's enough for today. And you're going to put the, the ball in a drawer that's closed or again on the mantle or wherever you're going to put it. So the dog is left wanting. And you, when the dog is left wanting more, you're now the leader. It's real soft. The thing about being a leader is that it, it, it's not, it doesn't have to be a big, bold thing. And you can tell when you're the leader and when you're not. As you do this, you're going to go, oh, wow, my dog's a little bit pushy because I did something and I gave them the leadership back. So it's, this, it's a constant thing throughout the day. And you can assess real easily if you're the leader or not. And if you're not, you do something that makes you the leader again. And it could be as simple as, oh, you want a treat? Here, sit. You give the dog the treat, you're the leader. Okay? So, you're, the summary on the possessive over toys and food, you own everything and everything good comes from you for a price. Leave them wanting more and no running buffets. Let's say your dog door darts or has a poor recall. This is pretty common. You know, you from the car or from the door, the dog just shoots out. And, and then you're calling after the dog. The dog is gone until you chase them around the neighborhood or they come home whenever they want to. So a really good way to fix that is that you just put a lead on your dog. When you're going to go over and open up that door, you have a lead and you put the dog on the lead. So if the dog, and, the, and you can either secure it to the door handle on the inside so it They'll just, they'll hit the end and they'll go, whoa, and then, you know, it's a six foot lead. Or you put the lead in your hand, but then they can jerk it out depending on how strong they are. I like the thing about the doorknob. So if they do hit hard, the door may, you know, go to shut, but the lead is on the inside doorknob. So that'll only happen a couple of times because you're, you also, you're going stay before you do that. Don't set them up to fail. Communicate. That's part of the communicate. So this time it's Max. Max, stay or wait at the door. And they know that command and they're just ignoring it. Well, that's different. This is you saying, I'm in charge in here. So now that just is a game changer. So, and the poor recall, your dog doesn't have freedom. Freedom is a privilege. And it's not just given. If your dog has poor manners, poor behaviors, ignores you, the, you just start taking away all the good stuff. And you may have to take, off, take away a whole bunch of stuff, or you can just take away one thing that just really impacts that one. Like just putting a leash on your dog and securing it so they can't just take off and go have a big time. That's a game changer. But then that puts a responsibility on you to put the dog on a, maybe a longer lead 
and you guys go out and you go for obedience. And then the reward after that is you get to play in the yard. So performance and then reward. It kind of has a theme, right? So, um, and, and there's a lot of them, but I'm just going to give you a few examples here. So let's say that your dog is on the furniture and will not get off. Whether that's a couch, the master bed, which is the most powerful place in the house. And you, and if you go to try to get your dog off, you know, there might be some snarling or even little air snaps or maybe a couple people have gotten nipped before. So you don't want to go in. Remember that aggression and aggression doesn't equal peace. So what you want to do is there's a several things you can do. One, you, you're going to pick training periods. I'm come home. I'm going to put the dog on a leash, just a little leash, but you never leave the dog alone with the leash on. Okay. So it's a safety concern, but you're home. You know, the dog's going to get up on the furniture. So you just put a leash on the dog. The dog gets up on the furniture and you just quietly go up and you pick up the leash that's probably laying on the floor from the dog to the floor and you're not touching the dog, you're not staring at the dog. In fact, you're sideways or your back is to the dog. You pick up the leash and you hold it in front of you low and you walk away and say, off. And the, what happens is you're not pulling the dog off with your hand low, your leg, the leash goes across your thigh and the thigh, it has some sort of a, a natural movement that the dogs can't resist. And you might have to like really want to, you know, have to be strong just to even be able to take those steps if it's a big dog but then the dog hits the floor you can hear the feet go foom, foom, and then you drop the leash and go good off i pretty much assured the dog is going to jump back up you do the same process but you're not confrontive so you're never going to get hurt the dog's never going to get hurt you're not escalating you're actually bringing it down you're taking away the high places those are mine and if your dog has got that kind of thing, you might even have to lock them out of the master bedroom because that's, again, the most powerful place. A second thing you can do, which works probably about 95% with all animals, is you put a sheet of aluminum foil on that furniture. So let's say your couch has three cushions. You just put a little sheet of aluminum foil over the three cushions and you don't even have to be there. Then you walk away. And the dog is going to jump up there and the majority of them, they go, oh, this just feels so gross. And they get off. And then when you come in and you want to sit down, you take the piece of aluminum foil and you slide it underneath the piece of furniture. And then when you leave, you pull it back out and put it on the furniture. I know you, they've got those little scat mats and all that, but a piece of aluminum foil works wonders. And then, and the thing that I like about it is you don't have to be there. You know, it's not a safety hazard. And... They are one of the most powerful things you can do with your dog is that they're not doing good behaviors because you're there. They're doing them because they're choosing it. It's all the more powerful. So that's just a good one, the aluminum foil. So that's to get them off the furniture. Because also the dogs are more dominant when they are on the furniture. They're, that's their sign. It's like, I'm on here because I'm like in charge. So when they're not in charge, they're you are and it's just they take a secondary role and they're a lot happier the majority of dogs have no skill set to be dominant or a leader and 
they'd really rather not be it. But if there isn't one in the house, they'll take it by default. And it's like a five-year-old running your house. Another one is an overall attitude they run the house. So that would be like they sit on you or they lean up against you. We talked about the master bed, but that's the master bed and the furniture high places. And you want to limit you want to limit their freedom. So if your dog wants to jump up and sit on you, you just stand up and walk away. No, you don't get to do that. I'm leaving. So there's not there's not conflict. You're you are no longer the throne for your king or queen. You just move. And if your dog leans against you, they have to move or you get up and you move. But you're just changing the rules. And they're going to get up and they're going to go, oh, you moved over there? Well, I'll come over there now too. And it, for, at first it might seem ridiculous. You might, you might have to go, I have to bring in a kitchen chair into the living room to watch television because every other piece of furniture, the dog just gets up and leans. So, or maybe stand for a little bit. Because it's gonna, they're gonna finally go. What am I supposed to do? So you're changing the, your behavior, so their behavior has to change. It's it's really kind of funny when you watch it go down. And here's another one that a lot of people aren't aware of. It's like your dog will lie in doorways or heavy traffic pattern areas. And do you notice how everybody walks around them? That's them saying, "I'm the boss, and so therefore you tiptoe around me." And you just don't want that. So the the rule here is a leader gets the space they want. So like if you were to walk in the living room, the dog is on the couch, and you go off because it's not a dominant thing, you go off, and the dog jumps down, and you've got your chair back. Because they're, they're recognizing that you're the leader and that it's your chair, and they get off. So the same thing with the, the line in the doorways and in high traffic areas, here's what you do is because you're the leader and you get the space that you want. So you're just going to walk up there and you're going to like shuffle your feet. You're not going to step on them. Heaven forbid you step over them. That's even worse about honoring them. You just shuffle your feet, shuffle, 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 shuffle. Clap your hands if you need to. And you move through them. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. And eventually, I mean, some of them, you, you're doing this and they're just like, they're not moving. You're moving them across the floor with your feet because they won't get up because they're like, no, it's a big deal to them. But you just keep going like, come on, come on, move, 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 move. And eventually they're going to get up. And if you do this for like 24 hours, if you're there enough, and if not, it'll take a little bit longer, but they'll stop doing that. So you're, you can move fluidly through your home. It's not their home and you're able to stay there because you serve them. So it's subtle. So it's kind of, if you can get the ideas here, you're changing. You set boundaries. I get to walk through my home. I get the furniture. I can sit by myself. I get to, the toys are mine. The food is mine. The freedom is huge. I determine when you get your freedom. It's not just automatically, you automatically get it. You're going to use clear communication. Short and sweet. The leash that you pick up with your back turned to the dog and you just walk away, off. Simple, clear. And if everybody in the family can and in the household can use the same terms, like post them on the refrigerator, that's really helpful. It helps the dog and it helps everybody else. 
So that's the consistency and to stay calm because if you get all worked up, you've already got a dog that's right on the edge. So you, you just want to be calm. And you'd be surprised, literally within 24 hours, you will evidence change. And that is good training. So give it a shot if you've got one of these dogs. And if you, again, if you have any kind of fears that it could escalate or it has in the past, bring in a professional. Okay, have a nice evening.